Welcome to the Experimental Aircraft Channel podcast and video podcast series. Watch on YouTube under EAC Aviation Podcast or on iTunes, Podbean, or Google Play by searching Experimental Aircraft Channel. Here we talk about aviation in the form of experimental, light sport, and ultralight aircraft. Let's dive right into the interview. Okay, everybody, welcome to another episode here of the video podcast and podcast on the Experimental Aircraft Channel. And today we've got uh, somebody very special that I've got to know the last uh, over the last year, I guess, uh, coming from Lakeland, Florida, who works at Sun and Fun, and that is Andy Ovens. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Brian. How you doing? Doing good. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. Hey, my pleasure. In this time, we're uh... We're glad to speak to anybody. <laughs> we didn't get to see all of our friends for our big shows. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is a, a very unique situation. So uh, briefly, just to kind of uh, introduce, I guess, what you, what you uh, who are you there at Sun and Fun? You work in Lakeland at Sun and Fun, and just kind of just a brief description of that. Yeah, uh, so I'm Andy Evans. I'm the Aircraft Maintenance Manager here at Sun and Fun and the Aerospace Center for Excellence. Uh, so what that means is I uh, have a team of volunteers and young adults from the Central Florida Aerospace Academy, which is right across the street from my hangar. Uh, we maintain all the aircraft on property, whether they're museum assets or flying uh, flying aircraft. Um, we're kind of in a transition right now, so we're managing uh, the sale of a couple aircraft as well. So we're kind of everything moving airplanes uh, we, we take care of. Okay. And uh, so one of the things I wanted to ask you, being that you are on the ground, boots on the ground there, um, what, is, what does it take to run a show like, like Sun and Fun? Like what is some of the behind the scenes stuff? Uh, how far out in advance do you have to prepare for it? Um, what is kind of your, your, your go, no go uh, date if you have to change something about how many people are involved? Just, just a little bit of an insider's view of what it takes to put on a show of that magnitude. Yeah, so it really is, uh, uh, to be honest, we're probably about 14 to 15 months ahead of, this, of the show. So as things are coming in for, you know, let's just say for 2020, we're seeing things in February and March for an April show or a late March air show. Uh, and there's just those things where it's just too late for the planning stages for this year. And those all get added to the what ifs for next year. Uh, so there's there's kind of a fantasy list of, hey, did you know this is going on? Hey, this aircraft is getting finished up for restoration. Of course, we're paying attention to the other big shows throughout the country for those hot airplanes. Uh, lately, it's been the De Havilland mosquitoes that, you know, they're just coming out of restoration. Those are the things that people come from all over the world to come and see. So as those things are finishing up, we're about 15 months ahead of that curve. Um, Really, uh, we've got a team of volunteers that come in uh, in December, so about four solid months before the show. We've got a team of uh, a couple hundred people that come in, and really, they're they're Monday through Friday working, cutting the grass, painting buildings, building uh, capital improvement type type projects, uh, ticket offices, stuff like that, just getting them ready to go. Of course, when we pull everything out of storage, there's it's central Florida, right? So the weather has taken a beating on something. So we're repairing buildings and stuff uh, like that. The IT teams are busy running new cables and making sure all the computers are working and connecting properly. Uh, as we say, we put it all back into the box after the show. So they're, they're taking everything out like a big present and uh, getting it spooled up. Uh, and then uh, throughout that, we have chairman meetings, which are... Uh, pretty much starting in December or so. And those are the key players in each area. And we'll have those meetings uh, leading up to the air show, pretty much one solid one uh, every month. And um, we try to have those in person if possible, and then we can break into subgroups from there. So we'll have the airport involved. We'll have uh, air, air traffic control involved. Uh, so we can answer those questions and ask those, those questions face-to-face -face and really break down the communication barriers 
this year we had a major runway project that was supposed to be finished right up until the, the air show. So there's a lot of those questions, you know, people that live throughout the country that come here to volunteer for the show, they're hearing through email that, well, this runway is going to be done a couple weeks before. There's a lot of doubt. So it allows those, those chairman's meetings, they get the chance to ask the airport manager, you know, is it really going to be done? And, and Gene, our airport manager is really good. He and his team, they will show you detail by detail. Yes, this, 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 and this, and it, you know, it, it's really a good opportunity for those face-to-face -face meetings. Uh, and then really about the week prior to the show is when the bulk will have several thousand volunteers come in and um, it's, it's pretty much chaos at that point. Uh, we're all friends, we're all family and it's, it's like a big family reunion, but we all have jobs to do and the, the air show happens and then they kind of hang out for say a couple weeks after our air show is always before Easter uh, is pretty much how it works out. So we will put everything away and then Easter break happens and then we, we go into summer and then of course we close the campus up for the air show side of things. And uh, like right now I've got the campus in a state of hurricane readiness, if you will. So if we get that five to seven day window that something's coming our way, we have enough time to plan and, and pull the airplanes inside that are that are typically outside. Hurricanes. I, I feel yeah. like we I, I feel like we skipped the murder hornets. Hurricanes. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, grizzly gators are the next I heard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so once this all gets going, what what is your role during uh, the event there? Yeah, so I, I work uh, for Greg Gibson, the airshow director. And uh, of course, he's busy. He's in a million different ways. I kind of fill in some of those gaps. He, he possibly can't take care of everything at the same time. And if something pops up that's an emergency, say there's a disabled aircraft, he needs to change gears and go that direction. I will handle a lot of the communications. Um, air show performer, uh, they have a routine before the air show that the morning of their show, they will, they will get the airplane ready, obviously do their pre-flight checks. They're working with their maintenance teams. Uh, they might need a case of oil. They might need something popped up and it's, it's, uh, myself and a, a team of uh, students that follow me along. Uh, we will, we'll be those gophers and we'll make sure that they are ready to go and on their game for showtime. So they, they have a series of meetings as well that, that the performers have, you know, they have sponsor obligations and, and uh, we have our big FAA briefing the day of the show. So it allows, it allows that to happen in a very fluid manner. And it gives me and my team several hours to say, come up with the impossible, if you will. Yeah. Uh, after, during the air show and after the air show, course we'll get the airplanes put to bed and, and get the hangars closed up and make sure again, for tomorrow, their the performers' needs are met. Some of them might be departing the next day, so we're turning in rental cars and all that stuff. Now, there's a team that handles the, the lodging side, but you know they're 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 absolute professionals, and they got other things to do as well. So we try to make that transition pretty flawless and seamless for them. Yeah. So you've been there for a few years. You've been doing this for a few years. Um, during that time, what do you think is the most <clears throat> impressive? experience that you've had uh, or uh, performer that you've met or um, you know a celebrity that you've met or something like that working behind the scenes there when people show up because obviously globally this is a global event people flying from everywhere or, or you know travel from everywhere yeah you know it's it's special uh, you walk into an FBO and you see the lithographs on the wall of the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels um, I've got a couple of those in my man cave and and that's that's really, you know, when I sit down after a, a long, hard day and I sit in that room and, and look back, it's cool to see that. When people visit, they see, you know, what you've done. Um, I believe in the experience. Um, I've got an eight-year-old son. So for me, the celebrities are cool and that interaction is neat. I love working with the military and the demo teams. But when I see you bring your family out to the show and they're having a good time and I see the smiles on those kids' face, that's to me the ultimate that 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 is why we do what we do and uh that that is what when you pile in months and months and months of work uh that is that's that is reward. my that is my reward absolutely yeah. And, and yeah we with the 
everything we do year round, you know, it's all about the kids, but being a, being a father myself, it's like, you know, I, not only do I remember being that kid, but now I remember, you know, certain parts of life that I get to, to see through someone else's eyes. And that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I've met, I'm not going to name names, but yeah, I've met some really cool people and, in, 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 uh, interacted in a very unique way with several folks that, uh, most people go, yeah, get, get out of here. No way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a, it's a neat uh, perspective to have on that. Um, yeah, I've been doing this for a little bit, a little bit over a year and starting to get a little bit known. And some people are like, Hey, are you that guy? It's like, yeah, yeah. But to me, it's almost funny, even like, like you are, are like a celebrity to me, like what you're doing on the ground and behind the scenes. And, and you're really involved. Like you are in fact a celebrity to me. And some of these people I go out to interview uh, that are manufacturers, it's like, I remember years ago, the first time that I met as an example, like Richard Van Drunsman of, you know, Van's aircraft, you know, uh, growing up reading this and that it's like to me these are the celebrities of aviation in my world people that have uh, designed stuff and and built these planes and that kind of stuff and people like yourself that's actively doing some major things in aviation you know yeah i, I appreciate that you know i grew up uh, you know a lot of people may or may not know i i grew up uh yeah uh so i I've, I've been to every air venture that i've been you know that i've been alive uh, I worked at EAA for six years before I came here. So uh, I grew up looking up to General Yeager and Bud Anderson and, you know, the those types of celebrities in our aviation world. And because I'm in this role, I've had the absolute honor to have a couple drinks with Bud Anderson, you know, have dinner with him. Uh, and that, you know, when I talk about celebrities, you know, that's, it's cool to meet a movie star and do all this stuff. But when you can uh, dogfight in a bar or something that I get goosebumps, even thinking about it in, in you know, chair, of course, chair flying in a bar. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, uh, one, one of my favorite things, you know, I, I got to hang out with Bob Hoover before he passed and uh, we were in Las Vegas. There's a big air show convention in December. That's we, we kind of all get together as a family and, and talk about the year, talk about safety issues, talk about uh, things we can improve on. And somebody said to Bob as he went by, he said, hey, do a trick. And there he was on his electric scooter. And he said, all right, stand back. And he, he pulls up, does a, does a quick circle and moves on. And he looks at me, winks, and he says, minimum radius turn. You know, it's just <laughs> stuff like that, you know. That's, That's awesome. my celebrity. Yeah, yeah, so. That's awesome. Yeah, it's we, cool. all, we all have our, our heroes, and there's, there's many of them in aviation, right? So, yeah, absolutely, awesome. awesome. You have other projects that are going on during the year, um, and I see one sitting behind you, or a couple. Uh, so, so, what do you do in between these shows and events um, and special projects? And talk about the one that's directly behind you with all the advertising on it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, uh, we partnered a year ago with a group called Able Flight. Uh, Able Flight is a group that gives scholarships out to people with physical disabilities. So the aircraft behind me is something we've been building uh, June 6th, a year ago is when we started it. And we're just about ready to put the, start putting the wings on it. Uh, but uh, it's a Zenith 750 cruiser called the Spirit of Lakeland. And it's an aircraft we're building uh, with one mission in mind, and that's to teach people that may not have uh, limited to no use of their legs how to fly, and they'll get their light sport pilot certificate with it. Uh, Able Flight has two campuses currently in uh, Purdue University and Ohio State University, and we're going to be that third campus. And obviously, with the weather and everything that plays out uh, logistically, we're we're going to be doing more with Able Flight in the future. Um, of course, our, our general programs and stuff that we do year-round uh, mostly involve young adults. Uh, this will give us a chance to go from, uh, you know, virtually 15, 16 years old through, you know, however however old if they're capable of getting a light sport pilot certificate. So um, this is really expanding our horizons. Um, myself and a team of students and 
volunteers have helped uh, build the aircraft. Um, uh, again, a cool story is my son last year, he got a seven-year-old teaching six-year-olds how to rivet, you know, and, and the airplane, we could have done the one-week wonder approach and slammed it together and, and got it done in, in a short amount of time, but we never thought this educational side of the house would present itself. And that one day we had AJ, my son, uh, showing 48 six-year-olds how to rivet. That was special. And that that's when we knew right away we had something special that we're working with. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah so awesome. We're, we're custom building the airplane. Um, the Zenith 750 Super Duty has the unpanel. Uh, so we're going to put the unpanel in this aircraft. And um, one of my lead students, uh, he's an intern for us. Uh, we had this idea of what we wanted to do because uh, Sebastian and Zenith have the the touch screen on the on their unpanel, but we sure. had Gulf Coast Avionics say, "Hey, you should put a Garmin G3X in it." Uh, well, marrying those two together was was a thought we had. Uh, how do we do it? And one of our students came up, went in SolidWorks, punched out the aluminum uh, pieces that we need to to fabricate. We made a bracket that connected the the TV mount to the G3X, and uh, it's gonna be really cool when it's done. It's uh, we're we're just about ready to, to enclose the cockpit. The last thing we have to do, we're fabricating our doors right now. And once that's done, we're, we're putting pieces together. So. so when do you think that this will be together in first flight and get some uh, hours off? I think you mentioned that you were trying to get to the Zenith open hangar days uh, in September. September, yeah. So yeah. a lot of naysayers, you know, a lot of people saying, no way, you'll never get it done. But uh, uh, I'm optimistic. Uh, of course, this whole COVID situation has has kind of slowed the progress a little bit. I was fortunate when when this the show got canceled and we kind of went into lockdown for the state of Florida. Uh, I had an entire hangar to myself, so I was working you know remote from my hangar. So I got to keep working on the airplane and working on some small projects here in the hangar. Uh, with a very small team of people to, to make that happen. Uh, and it allowed us really, you know, with all the other noise going on, it allows us to, to hammer the wings out uh, to get those major projects done. Uh, so we're looking forward to, to getting this thing done this summer if, if we don't have a crazy weather schedule like, like, you know, like they're predicting. Um, NOAA, the hurricane hunters, are our neighbors. So when we do get those storms approaching that, uh, I get a little bit more heads up than say the general public, but uh, you know, when they call and say heads up, it's coming or, you know, you should, you should get, get your affairs in order, if you will. Um, <laughs> it's, it's go time. Right. So, yeah. So yeah. So I, what other projects, I, what other projects do you have in the, in the, in the uh, hangar or have you had uh, through the, the years that you've worked on there and uh, whether yourself or students or whatnot yeah so uh we restored uh we got the lakeland aero club next door they've restored one of their cubs in here um they've restored a couple airplanes that are that are flying um we do our general maintenance uh so we've got a steerman a 182 a super cub you can probably see it off behind me here um and then we've got behind the zenith we've got a porterfield um, we, we're doing routine maintenance on those right now. Uh, a couple airplanes we do have for sale because of everything going on. Um, so I just moved two aircraft out of here, uh, this week, uh, right before we got on this call, we were getting a, a Cessna 140 ready to fly cause it's going to go to North Carolina. So, uh, there's right now, there's a lot of, uh, flying assets that are being worked on in here. Um, I've got a. Uh, we've got a Learjet that's going to be coming. That's going to be my next uh, long-term restoration project. From, from uh, a Zenith pretty, cruiser to a Learjet. Wow, you're both yeah. ends of the spectrum there, huh? Yeah, so this this aircraft, I, I don't know if it's a museum that's that's defunct or what's going to happen, but it's a NASA Learjet, of course. Uh, we're the official uh, museum of the state of Florida, aviation museum of the state of Florida. So, um it's got a NASA tie to it. It's got that cool space vibe to it. And it's, it's uh, really, you know, to most people, it's a stock Learjet, but for us, it uh, shuttled astronauts between Houston and here. And uh, it's, it's just got a really cool 
there's a we're trying to start out the paperwork and i'm not going to say it because it's not official yet but there's a very famous astronaut that may have flown this jet and we're trying to track that paperwork down to make sure it is what it is either way we're going to get it here and restore it but that's awesome uh, well i know i know i've been threatening to come down there and it's that's not that long of a drive maybe six hours just the schedule hasn't but i definitely want to come down to see you and do an interview and see what's in your hangar and things you're kind of working on. And real quickly for everybody who's listening uh, on just the podcast, I apologize uh, for the most part. I am trying to be that uh, this, a podcast is audio, but I am actually recording with video. So um, every now and then we might hear a, a clip of something in the background or whatnot. So I'm not trying to leave you out. Uh, there's literally just a background image. He's not walking around the hangar, giving us a tour. It's just a background image of what's back there. But just to be fair to everybody who's listening, also, just an elephant in the room, I, you know, moving forward, if I could ever hire somebody to help do some of this stuff, Andy, you're first on my list for doing uh, interviews because you've got a much better um, podcast uh, voice than me, I think. <laughs> but, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> we, we've been talking about uh, doing some sort of podcast here. Uh, I want to focus on what the, how, from the kids' eyes, from the, from the young adults' perspective because they're there's so much of what we do year round, uh, all of our program. Everybody knows this has sun and fun, but, but really it's the aerospace center for excellence. That, that is the glue that holds everything together 51 weeks out of the year. So, uh, we've been talking about myself and the kids that, that come to the hangar after school, we've been talking about starting something like that. And I, I really hope that does, you know, become a reality down the road. Sure. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt to try, you know, I mean, uh, I've I've pivoted many, many times in the last year, year and a half uh, with things that I've tried that just haven't worked out or just slid off the table and you just roll into the next one just to see what sticks and what doesn't, you know, and uh, that's, that's kind of the, the fun with this. So being that this is a very odd year, I think a historical year, I don't know that Sun and Fun has ever been canceled ever. I know that there was a storm that blew through that kind of cut it short, but it wasn't ever canceled. Um, what does that look like for for you all there as a, as a company, as a individual, as individuals, you know, what is the ripple effect for you and what is going to be in place of that either this year or next year or what's going on with that? Yeah. So we had, uh, we were fortunate from, from many perspectives that we did have a few weeks before the air show. There's, there's certain things like tents that are going up that you, you sunk the cost. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, and some of our vendors hit that as well. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of events. South by Southwest is a great example. It was like three days before the start and they had to cancel the entire thing. Um, so we're, we're fortunate from that perspective. We didn't lose all that. Um, we're also very blessed that a lot of our aviation family, our vendors, uh, people that had purchased tickets already, there is a large percentage of them that said, you know what, keep the money and apply it to next year. Um, it, basically, what's going to happen is we we can't really spend that money yet, but we're, we're going to make two air show years with one year's of revenue instead of just taking an absolute blow this year. Some of that money can roll into next year and allow us to continue uh, staying above water, if you will. Um, there's a lot of concessions that we've, we've, we've cut everywhere we possibly can. Um, and we are trucking on to 2021. Uh, we are planning a full, absolutely spectacular air show for next year. Um, but at the same time, we're also planning, uh, to do things off the schedule. You know, we, we do 91 events here on property throughout the year. Yeah, I was going to ask and you about that. We, we spoke off, um, <clears throat> say off camera, off uh, interview about that. That I, w- I had no idea. I don't know why. It's just one of those things where Lakeland to me is known for sun and fun and that's it. But you host, like yeah. you said, 90 different from like what car shows to barbecues. I mean, really odd, both ends of the spectrum type of things, right? Yeah. And, and that's an important thing is, you know, there's the weddings and the birthday parties. Those are obviously private, but we do a number. Carlisle does an auto auction down here. Uh, there's a big event in uh, in the January, late late January, uh, called Pig Fest, and it's a it's a massive barbecue competition. Uh, it's things like that that 
we want the public to know that for one, we exist year round. And for two, you're invited to come out. Well, that, that's a good point because for the most part, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a website dedicated and as there should be, cause it's such a large event to the sun and fun uh, event. But, and that's where we go to, that's the go-to thing for information. Um, uh, that being said, yeah, it's like we, we don't go to lakeland.com to see what else is there. So maybe there needs to be some more links on that to, and the, you probably have a schedule or a calendar, but that brings more attention to that. And maybe for this year, especially you guys draw more attention to those as a mini fly into even the, the uh, barbecue stuff. Yeah. So this year allowed us really to take a step back and, and assess where we're at digitally. So uh, my boss, Greg Gibson, and his team uh, in the marketing department launched a whole new website, took a whole new, a very aggressive approach to it. It's, it's everything's virtual. So uh, just recent, uh, last weekend, we had uh, a virtual air show, kind of a telethon fundraiser, if you will. Uh, that's not just for that weekend that's content that we're going to be providing throughout the year. And so we're really taking an aggressive stance on. Oh, that's going to be part of the, part of the schedule moving forward. Yeah, so are you working with everything we do? Are you working is it air show live that does that or which company that's. Uh... Yeah. Live air show TV. Uh, so we've been working with them for several years. They okay. do kind of like the college game day pre-show for their, for our air show. And when that line was drawn in the sand and we knew we could not have an air show, that was the first thing we talked about is we've got all this beautiful content with the digital technology that we've got with, with cameras and whatnot. We knew we had the content in the can. So uh, that was really the, the day the line was drawn in the sand. We, we started working on the digital side of the air show. Um, and that will continue throughout the year into 2021. All the exhibitors, it's it's like it's set up like you are coming to the show and you want to check it out, you know. So all the exhibit locations in the hangar are there and links to those supporting businesses like like your Boeing, your Four Flight, Zenith, all, all that stuff is loaded in there. Garmin. Um, and there's some Easter eggs in there too, where if you do interact with those businesses, they're offering promotions as well. Dynon right now, for instance with qualifying purchases, they're giving, I think it's $50 back to Sun and Fun, you know, and, and really uh, we're trying to make that interaction that much better. Not because we didn't have an air show this year that drove it, but it really drives the way we're going in the future. So that's, that's the continuing product down the road. And so it's going to be a little bit like a virtual mall or a virtual tour with some, like you said, Easter eggs now that you can, take this path or whatnot to get stuff absolutely setting us setting us apart from the other you know the other everything else is going on every other industry is trying to do the same thing but really trying to set us apart from the other stuff um that's, that's and we're, really interesting yeah yeah we're we're also um you know we're planning here's the important part about not having an air show our board of directors and our boss, our CEO, John Leanhouse Lights, as they call him, uh, they set the, the stage when we decided that we couldn't do the air show. They said, for one, we're going to continue on our mission. We're going to continue to develop young people into aviators tomorrow. And two, we're going to keep the employees employed. So I, I'm absolutely touched that, that the board set that precedent from the start and said, this is where we're going to go, you know, starting now, this is what we're going to do. So all the employees are in, we're, we're bought into this and we're, we're all trucking as one big team into the future. Um, I don't think from an industry perspective, not even our industry, but just looking, you know, we're in the central Florida, the entertainment district. I don't think that as a whole is being done. Uh, you know, this is a global pandemic. We get that. But I think, you know, some businesses are just cutting their, their losses and saying, we're done. We're, we're closing up. But we are, we're trucking forward. We're planning. We're, with those 91 events, those contribute to so much of our bottom end to keep the lights on in this place. Uh, we are planning this fall to have those awesome events that we normally do. Uh, and we're planning this, this little event in the fall, um, probably in the late October, early November timeframe. 
that's going to be not a replacement to Sun and Fun, but a a, a nice kind of re-gear, kind of refocus, little fundraiser for for Aerospace Center for Excellence and all we do, but but really just to get the community back together as we truck forward into the future. I think I'm hoping that that this is all behind us in a short order, and and uh, we're we're gonna re-energize ourselves you know 2020 is so much more than a year i look at it as 2020 vision and as we're looking at that as this is our vision into the future so uh well, hey, this event is, is going to be kind of i think you should just organize a peaceful protest and uh <laughs> it'll, it'll be work out just fine so i did i saw your post yesterday <laughs> i sent it to my boss and i said we need a peaceful air show uh, i thought maybe you, I, you would see that because there was nascar attached to it. i know how involved in that you are absolutely absolutely and uh yeah that's another you know indy 500 we're ticket holders and their plan they said it's indy 500 with fans or bust so i'm optimistic right i think this as a whole is is positive i'm trying to stay as positive as we can um you know we're trucking forward on cool projects like this we're 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 hoping to put this thing behind us and and really just focus on what we're doing for the future well let's uh Let's talk about that off air, if you will, too, of these 90 different things. You know, I'd, I'd like to maybe get involved and help organize some stuff, maybe turn those into some flying events on a, on a micro level, if you will, or, or very uh, airframe specific or something like that. You know, maybe giving these guys, some people are just looking for an opportunity to fly, you know. Absolutely. And they're trying to get creative on how and where and when they do that. So, yeah, let's, let's talk off air about that and see if we can't come up with some ideas to get more traffic in there on the aviation side um, as well. Even if it's, you know, yeah. on aviation event, we'll, we'll, we'll crash somebody else's party, literally. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I talked to my boss yesterday about it and um, we're willing to host several of those events because, because we can, we have the space and we have the ability to do it. Uh, the airport is amazing to work with. So they're saying, Hey, you know, how can we help as well? So, uh, you know, when you plan and you're, an event, and you're set up and you're fully equipped for that kind of thing, like on, on the, on the fly. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, a lot of these events, when it comes to planning something, uh, the cost of doing it is like the first turnoff. Um, so however we can help to get these things rolling, we're, we're absolutely, we're airplane geeks too. So we, we want to do it just so we can get out flying too. So, you know, we want to, we, we've got a few ideas for, you know, maybe heading up by you and we'll grab the aero club kids. And next thing you know, you've got eight airplanes from Lakeland headed somewhere else. And, you know, if we have to bring a grill, we'll do it. We're, we're going to do this. We can social distance. We can, we can have a, a incredibly fun time doing it too. So have you, <clears throat> on that note, have you ever done anything remotely, but still attached to sun and fun or is it only at uh, Lakeland? You know what I'm saying? As far as like Sun and Fun as a brand, as a brand, have you ever done anything off like a, an away game? Have you ever worked with another location or something like that? Or is that like a, a no, no, an industry? So, so it depends, it depends on what it is, I guess. Yeah. So it's <clears> important <throat> to note that, um, Sun and Fun is not just Lakeland, Florida. It's not just Lakeland Linder International Airport. When okay. Yeah. Come Explain from that for a minute. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So when people come from all over the world for the air show, some people want to just go to Bartow and not deal with the no tam and all the flying in and the, the busy, busy airspace. So they'll go to Bartow. They'll go to Winter Haven. They'll go to all the supporting airports, and they will go there and they will catch a hotel and a, and a rental car from there. And there is there is every airport around us are solid partners and cooperative and and super helpful. So we, throughout the year, uh, really rely on that relationship uh, to make that a smooth operation. Uh, there's so many flight schools with, with our aviation scholarships that we're doing. There's so many local airports that have flight schools that we're sending students to as well. So we've got year-round relationships with those other airports. Uh, that is, is, you can't put a number on that. It, it's just absolutely incredible. But as we talk about doing an event, say it's a fly out for a hundred dollar hamburger. Like I said, if I have to bring the grill, we're going to do it. And, and maybe we all fly out to Bartow one night. Maybe we fly up to, you know, or whatever airport. And I know that there's clusters of, of other pilots in the area that'll say, yeah, we're going to support that as well. So, 
Um, and you have some unique aircraft from time to time in there. Do you have enough pilots uh, qualified to maybe fly those out to some of these things? Absolutely. You know, there, there's a there's a pretty good warbird movement around here. There's a vintage group. Uh, uh, most of the time, they have empty back seats. That's the hard part. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Right now, the kids are uh, the kids at the Lakeland Aero Club as we speak right now are. Um, I don't even know if they've announced this. So breaking news, I guess. Uh, on Friday of this week, they're going to fly around Lakeland and as their tribute to first responders and, and those folks that are dealing with COVID. Um, so right now they're doing a practice run, you know, and there's a line of kids right now that are, you know, Hey, if you can't make it, I'm, I'm going to jump in that airplane. You know, and what's like, the age limit on being a kid these days? Uh, I say we're all kids. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's my goal is to never grow up in life. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, we were just over there about an hour ago and there was probably Peter, 20 Peter. kids all itching. Peter Pan, right? I'm so fly, I, I never land. Never land, yep. <laughs> yeah, but that is just so awesome to see that. You know, it's we, we've had a tropical storm push through here, and we've had, as you know, we've had severe weather for three, four, five days in a row, and we got some sunlight, and I got a whole bunch of kids waiting to go flying. It's just, a, it's really neat. You know, that's re-energizing, so. That is awesome. That is awesome. We run out of airplanes. We don't know. We have enough pilots. We're just running out of airplanes. Okay. Well, note to self, I'll I'll keep that in mind because I'd like to honestly start organizing some kind of micro small events uh, here and there uh, and see who else I get involved with it. So, yeah, I'll definitely keep that in mind. We can have a conversation about that. Absolutely. And consider us a partner in that venture. We'd love to help. Awesome. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to it. And like I said, there's there's the Monday through Friday to five thing, but we want to do this. because we all love it. This is what we do 24 seven. So we're, we're, we're all airplane geeks and and we're, we're, we're all looking for an excuse to go fly. Especially once we get this bad boy flying, we're going to be, we're going to be taking it all over the place. Sure. Sure. Let me ask another question real quick as um, kind of thinking on the fly here of being that you've been in this for a little bit and uh, at the ground level and seeing the inner workings of it, where do you see the future of, uh, I guess, air shows in general going do you think it's going to stick to the kind of aerobatic routine and then the jets and this and that or with some of the new tech that's coming out and just uh, stole things where do you where do you see is this going to evolve or kind of stay like a legacy classic and then add on a few new things in addition to or it's going to be a gradual shift into something crazy like quadcopter racing or something like that i mean what, what what's your thought on that in the, in the future like not tomorrow, but maybe five years or 10 years down the road. Yeah, I think uh, the, the important thing is uh, to focus on how the experimental world is going. Because, you know, without the experimental guy, the, the ingenuity and all that stuff is gone at the grassroots level. So I think the military and all that, the air show side will stay the same. That, that format will stay the same. Um, the bigger air shows, uh, of course, I worked at EAA and, and AirVenture. We, we kind of had a level of expectation that we don't see something for the first time in front of a crowd. So uh, I think there is that stuff that rises to the top um, paradigm, the, the, the uh, powered parachute team. They're a great example. You know, they, they kind of came on the scene and they, they perfected an airshow routine. It was completely unique. And now they're, they're very popular in that world and, uh, and only especially, getting bigger. Especially the night show, right? Where they put all these LED <sighs> lights on the, on the cage back there and smoke and all that. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a show. Yeah, You know, I think we've seen a couple aircraft in recent years that, that are kind of pushing. We call them flip-flop acts. So your pits that just tumbles or the, the extras and all that. You, you see that standard category of performance aircraft that's built just for aerobatics but you're starting to see things like the jet waco and the the yak 110 different different things in the business and i hope that that continues on as a trend uh you know i just hope that you see those unique sides of the business that that you know somebody says i'm going to put an air show act together and and do this because the air show world really needs that yeah, I mean, no, that is the other side of this, right? It's, it's kind of like on the edge of an entertainment industry, right? I mean, obviously, we're trying to educate people and get people involved in our community and the industry. 
um, to grow it that way, but it is also, there's an entertainment um, factor to it. Absolutely. The, the, the side I wish we would focus on, and, and there's a reason we don't, because uh, it's kind of boring. Um, I wish that we would focus on the entry-level aerobatics, um, something like a stock pits. Not everybody needs a 500 horsepower super aerobatic airplane to do fun aerobatics in. And I, I think somebody like us, it, with a little bit of flight, uh, flight instruction and proper knowledge, we can go out and do some basic aerobatics and have a blast with an RV, some, you know, these experimental airplanes that are capable of doing it. Um, we don't focus on that because it's quite frankly a boring thing for the show. The general public, most of them don't care, you know, so we only focus on the high energy stuff. But uh, I, I kind of wish there would be some sort of educational side that we could say, hey, you know, this airplane is super affordable, it's super capable, and for a little bit of education, you can go out and just have an incredibly fun time. I, I agree. And I think or feel like there's some type of subculture that uh, needs to maybe come about that isn't the super high energy major attention, but still a lot of fun. And even at the builder level, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I, I started this, this whole channel, um, this whole thing here is I, I'm very much into the scratch building stuff, you know, like real grassroots of find a, get a set of plans, find a way creatively to build it. Even if you have, you know, very little money, you know, grab a two by four and, and beat some metal into submission, you know, and make mm -hmm. it look like an airplane. And maybe, you know, we can do some, I'll say subculture, but just a very micro events that are very focused on that and doesn't have to be a big production that costs a lot of money and, and that kind of stuff, you know? And I think, I think there's a lot of people, especially like I want to try to attract the, the DIY crowd more into the aviation side. Cause there's so many DIY channels and DIY things for homes and stuff like that that people do still like working with their hands um, even though we're in such a digital technical world uh, and some people don't realize how i'll say how easy it is but it can be easy especially if you've got a mentor or somebody else who's passionate about this stuff to share it with you and you're seeing that uh what, what you're doing there with the kids and uh the programs you've got there like you said your own son you know learned something from you and is now sharing that with 50 60 other kids um, you know, some of this stuff is going to be a lost art at some point in time and CNC is going to be so affordable that people are like, I'm not going to touch that. I can have them, I can use my fingers on a keyboard and program how to print an airplane, which right. we will be printing airplanes at one point in time. I, we, in the near future, we will be printing airplanes, but things like that, that's a true art, like the English wheel. I would love to learn how to, to use an English wheel. Right? You, you pound metal until it looks like practically ugly. And then you run it through this English wheel and it turns into a mirror. I mean, that's yep. amazing, simple technology that creates an artistic, functional piece of an airplane. Yeah, and, and, and I completely agree. Uh, one of the parts of the business, if, if we could combine two things that we're into, the, the air show business, the, the stole competition has really piqued my interest and it's not because of the airplanes the airplanes are, are really the same as we've been seeing for years but it's the applications of new things like the stole drags and and again the part i think we're missing is the educational component why is that fascinating for me it's the physics behind it you know now you're landing with a tailwind now you're landing with all these you know different things it's completely opposite from if you're going this direction now it's opposite coming back and now I sit and explain this to the kids. And now all of a sudden there's this light bulb that goes off and they're like, oh, I think that's cool too. You know, but we're building this airplane. And, and while we're doing this, we're talking. These kids at Central Florida Aerospace Academy are getting SolidWorks certifications at 15, 16 years old. So really? we're talking about, yeah, oh yeah. And, and we're yeah, we have to about, start them younger on this this day of tech tech age. Like I know everybody says, keep your kids off of this until they're like ten. It's like my five year old is already figuring stuff out, you know. And it's like you do have to start them because this is this is the way of our future, you know. It's not it, like it's not just video games, <laughs> right? And it, there's apps now for for your iPad that you can do a CAD model in absolutely simple steps. It's it's crazy how the, it's getting easier and easier to do. Um, but the, the fun part for us is now because they have that skill set and they have a 3d printer or, or we have access to a CNC machine, suddenly that's not impossible for a 15 year old. And that's really cool 
that we can talk about taking something that looks like a J3 Cub and, you know, they've been, they've been inspired by Mike Patey, you know, uh, we can do this in carbon fiber, we can do this and it's super lightweight and it's super easy to do. You know, those, those boundaries in, in walls, so to speak, of aircraft construction are suddenly breaking down at a pretty incredible rate right now. And people are seeing, thanks to YouTube and thanks to, to people getting out there and talking about it, uh, these kids aren't seeing barriers at 15 years old in the aerospace industry. And that's pretty cool. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I, going back again, back to the air show side of the house, I'm looking forward to the ingenuity coming out. I, I think you're going to see some crazy airplane designs coming. And I think, uh, what's going on here? Oh, I took a phone. Yeah. I had a phone call there. Uh, I, I think, uh, you're going to see just, just the wild and crazy. And, and I, things that traditionally NASA came up with, I think are, are starting to come out in the everyday hangers. And that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And back in the day, you know, you and I would probably make stuff with construction paper and scissors and Elmer's glue and, and moving forward, their kids are going to be cutting carbon fiber and printing, printing things to assemble their own. Right. Absolutely. But the cool thing is I just watched, you know, Mike's last video and he used carbon, you know, he's building a carbon fiber box for a parachute, but he's using cardboard templates yet, you know, right. right. For me growing up and, and this really goes back through generation stuff, but for me growing up, if we didn't have all the tools in our garage, my dad would be like, Oh, that's too complicated. Or I grew up with this notion that something was very difficult because we didn't know how to do it. But nowadays the, the information is at your fingertips and the, the tooling is becoming so affordable to do. Uh, it's exciting. It's yeah. really exciting. Well, well, I don't know about you, but growing up, there were certain things that you looked at and like, Oh, you know, I wish I could build something like that. Be like, you know, that came from the factory. And you, you would think like yeah. the factory was this thing that just like plopped out, a product right and didn't think of like the engineer that engineered it and the machining and all that stuff and then i got older finally realized that okay wait a man actually had to be involved with this thing it just didn't come from a factory that pops out a, a package with the product in it you know and then so it's kind of like kind of reverse engineer that back to it, it did start with a man that, yeah. uh, well, that created it, this thing and it more more importantly than that you know especially in the world we're in right now but it was made in my hangar there yeah there you go it was uh, going back to Paul Poberesny and, and the experimental aircraft movement, that was all done in a garage. You know, that was, that's the cool part is we don't have to do this in a big sterile warehouse or, you know, anything like that anymore. It did, can did be you done catch, in a classroom. Did you catch one of the Facebook posts? I know you're on a lot of the different groups and stuff like that. There's a guy out West that's building a Zenith in a school bus. Yeah. So... I really want to get out there to see him. It just didn't make out uh, the, the schedule didn't work out and he's, he's really far out there, but um, I would have loved to have captured that to share with people. But yeah, there, there's a guy out there building a Zenith in a school bus. It's not because of, of lack of, of, of money or anything like that. He just, he bought a piece of property and then winter came and you're not going to do construction on a building in the middle of winter. And he wanted so badly to start on his airplane. So he bought a bus that had working heat, so he, yeah. I guess he idles that thing and you know diesel idle and turns the heat on and boom he's he's building an airplane, you know and, and I and I laugh you know he got mustache flyer building one in his garage and he, he, you can see Jeff and Adam you know their YouTube channel they're, they're building son. one in their garage yep. yeah and and I've got a huge hanger that I'm building this thing in and sometimes I'm out of space I cannot imagine <laughs> I don't want to hear it, it. Like, you're you're spoiled uh, rotten you're a spoiled well, rotten. Like I said, some days I've got 10 airplanes in here. Some days I got the whole air thing empty, but, uh, <laughs> poor, poor, going you. back, going back to the bus. I like massive props to them for doing that. That is so cool. You know, it goes back to that first story you heard years ago of the guy blowing a hole in his apartment wall to get his RV six fuselage out, you know, yeah. or, yeah. you know, that, I, I that just is saw, so cool. I just saw somebody sharing a group uh, that's building a Sonics in the basement and they had to take some bricks out and blocks to, uh, and make a new door frame to get it out of there. But yeah, that, that's the passion we have. That's how crazy we are in aviation, I guess. Right. We'll we'll destroy half of the side of a house <laughs> to get an airplane out. Well, you know, and, and so we all laugh. Uh, one of my dreams in this industry is uh, we all laugh at the guys that we see on the other side of the world that are building 
airplane looking contraptions that we all say, oh man, they're going to kill themselves. You know, you see the village come out to see them wreck it. One of my dreams is to do like a one week wonder in Africa. No, I agree. I've said the same thing. Like, let's go down there and, and, you know, teach these guys. It's like, what is it? What's that old saying? Whatever you you teach somebody to to farm or something like that. And you, you feed them for a lifetime or whatnot, you know, know give a man a fish, give a man a fish and he'll eat, you know, eat for a couple of days, but teach him how to fish, you know, yeah. eat for the rest of his life. One of those sayings. But yeah, I see those videos too. It's like, oh man, it'd be so cool to go down there. And of course, you know, what is he going to do with it? Where is he going to house it? You know, well, that's the important thing, though. With and I've said this about a lot of things in life, with a little bit of knowledge, you, know, you can you can go you can go places, you know. And if it, this is just time, I know that if you're smart enough to build an aircraft or build build something that resembles something that that you're willing to try to fly, you've got the knowledge to you know anybody can build this thing. It it doesn't take. You know, I've, I've got kids riveting airplanes. It's it's you know, with a little bit of knowledge, it can be done properly. I think that'd be so cool if a, if a group of experienced builders would go out and say, we're going to teach this guy how to fly. We're going to teach this guy metallurgy. We're going to teach him, you know, how to properly maintain this aircraft. I think it could be done safely. And I think that would be such an amazing story. Uh, like, like there's guys trying to give internet to parts of the world that would never, ever happen, you know, naturally. Sure. Uh, how cool would it be to, to, to give a village an airplane and suddenly suddenly they have this ability to fly, you know, and that's, that's just so cool. But that's one of my dreams. I'd love to do that. There was a group that went out to China and they built a bunch of Zeniths a couple of years ago. I envy those guys, you know, just that ability to share that. Um, not only share your love of aviation, but share your love of uh, building things and, and stuff like that. I appreciate guys like that, you know, or, or people like that. It's not just guys. <clears throat> Well, out of all the different hobbies and options out there, I mean, I, I started out you know, working with go-karts when I was a kid and you know, repainting, rebuilding uh, go-kart stuff. Then I moved into cars. I had, I don't know, half a dozen Mustangs that I taught myself how to do body work and engine work and that kind of stuff. And then evolved into building a two-third scale Jenny replica, which is chrome molly tube and fabric type stuff, and then aluminum. But yeah, aircraft, out of everything, to me is like the most rewarding because, I mean, it's the most epic rewarding project that, you know, you work on the stuff when you're done, you get to go fly it, you know, and Absolutely. it's not that much more. You see all the time, all these different car channels and groups and stuff like that. And people putting tens of thousands of dollars into turbo engines and uh, rims and tires and lowering kits or suspension kits, or, you know, it's the same thing, just different, different genre. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. well, Andy, thank you very, very much for carving out uh, 40, 50 minutes of your day, uh, your busy day, to talk <laughs> more aviation uh, with me. And uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on. And I'm sure we'll, we'll talk again in the future on, on air and especially off air. We'll see if we can get some things coordinated together to have some fun. Absolutely. I look forward to it. And if anybody out there wants to do it, you know, we're open. We're, we're open for business. We welcome, uh, new ideas. We want to, we want to play with airplanes just as much as people want to come here and, you know, once a year for a big air show, but, uh, so we're always can, looking for an excuse. How can somebody get in touch with you directly if they've got some, you know, brainstorm spitballing ideas or, or just to find out more about what you do, how can they contact you directly or <clears throat> your, your webpage or whatnot? Yeah. So, uh, our, our Zena 750 project uh, is on Facebook as Zena 750 Cruiser Spirit of Lakeland. Um, and then uh, if, if you come here to the Sun and Fun Grounds or the Aerospace Center for Excellence campus here, uh, I'm the only Andy, but if you ask for the, you know, uh, ask for Andy or the aircraft maintenance manager, uh, they'll, they'll know where to find me. So when I show up there, I just need to say, I need the Andy and they'll, they'll, they'll lead me. Yeah, if you come on campus here, you'll see one of the first aircraft you go past the museum. You'll see our we have a 727 on campus, and my hangar is right off the right, right wingtip of the 727. So, so maybe should, that's where we're hanging out. Maybe you should build an airplane in the 727 next. Well, we've got it configured as a classroom, so that's that's one of the only ones in the country that it's a we we fire the engines up, we can manipulate the controls and everything. And we have it set up as a classroom. So 
Um, you fire fire engines up, meaning like the the GPU, not the the, no. the big. Really? No, all three all three engines work. Yeah. When when does yeah. that happen? Uh, so one of the you know one of the big events we do throughout the year is a. Uh, uh, we have transition to the sky, which is a program for autistic people. Uh, and we give them, we take them over to the airport and we give them a TSA experience and what it's like to fly for the first time. Then they come over here and we fire up the jet and we, you know, we have a pilot, uh, airline captain that comes and talks to them and really just kind of ask, answers those questions or the fears that they may have. Um, and so we'll do that. We have a, we have an event that we do for teachers every year, classroom to the sky. Uh, last year, I had them building Zenith finders, uh, so they got a little, you know, aviation with the with the 727, but they also experience a little maintenance side of the house too. Um, but uh, we do it uh, periodically. We also have an adult airframe and power plant program on the campus, so they're always working on it. Uh, the other day, they were changing brakes on it, for instance. Wow. Um, but but we're, uh, you know, when when you don't operate it very frequently, of course, you've got those gremlins that pop up so every time we fire it up we've got some issue that we're, we're troubleshooting and the 727 is not really there's not a whole lot of parts uh available there's not very many operators so the people that are operating them are kind of hoarding those parts mm. um so we're we're always kind of playing with one thing or the other but yeah it's it's a it's a living breathing document but uh we do have another airplane that i maybe could build some airplane parts and that that's a good idea i have just, to just, have just, power you know like the school bus you know just something different right and you could uh capture that um you know on video your build process yeah if, if you've ever heard of the cosmic muffin it was uh howard hughes had I've a not, I have not heard of the cosmic muffin but please yeah. enlighten me so so you're a florida boy so uh <laughs> the, so it was a boeing stratoliner okay that through the years Howard Hughes bought, he was going to fly it around the world. Uh, world War II breaks out; those plans got changed. He ends up with uh, his legal troubles. He hides the airplane. Uh, airplane, World War II ends. Time to get rid of the airplane. He sells it to a, a, a developer who's going to fly people back and forth from his Texas island to. He had a resort, I guess. Uh, ends up going out of business. Howard ends up with the airplane. The airplane gets damaged in a hurricane. So the wings and tail end up uh, being basically chopped off due to damage. The airplane ends up in a scrapyard. This guy buys it from the scrapyard and says, I'm going to build a boat out of it. So he builds a fiberglass hull uh, on the bottom of the fuselage. And the cosmic muffin is what it was called at that point floated along the intercoastal of uh, Florida for many, many years. It's a, uh, if you Google the cosmic muffin, you'll see all kinds of pictures of it. Oh, oh so, I will. Yeah. So we acquired, <laughs> we acquired the uh, boat, uh, if you will, a couple of years ago. And the, the boat is really in bad shape. Uh, and that's one of my future projects, uh, long-term restoration projects is we're going to take the boat hull part off of it and see if we can salvage. Uh, it is the only Boeing Stratoliner, uh, any amount of valuable pieces left in the, on the world. Um, there's one in the Smithsonian and all the other ones I believe were, were destroyed. So we have, it, it used a B-17 tail and wings. So okay. uh, you could take this fuselage and, and with enough parts, you could have a flying one. You know, there's, there's guys building B-17s, believe it or not, from scratch in the country here. So um, we're going to find out. We're going to get rid of the boat parts and find out what we've got. But Howard Hughes converted it to a luxury uh, traveling. It's got a bar. It's got all kinds of cool stuff in it. But I think there's enough room in it that we could uh, we could set up a workbench and, and build aircraft parts. I, I'm uh, glad you mentioned that because I will probably try that now. Uh, That's awesome. Try to, yeah. Try to do something like that. But So is that like in the, the back lot, uh, secret, secret place? And where is that parked at? Yes. Uh, so it's right behind the museum. Uh, okay. We've got an F-14 on display and it's right between the F-14 and the, and the back wall of the museum. Uh, so uh, probably it'll probably stay there for, we're, we're transitioning the campus a little bit. We're going to move airplanes around probably within the next year or so but 
because uh, we're expanding our museum as well. Before all this happened, we were planning a big expansion of the of the museum. Um, so the Cosmic Muffin will will uh, undergo a move at that time, and when that move happens, we'll we'll start that restoration project. So uh, between the Learjet and that, you know, there there will be some work for for the team here. Yeah, for the foreseeable like future. Sounds like it. So, uh, so if I wanted to go and find out about all these 90 other events that you host there, where would I go there to see that and pick through it? Yeah. So www.flysnf.org. Okay. Um, and there's, there's a lot of other events that, uh, you know, the, the event organizer may or may not want, uh, it's not necessarily a private event, but they, they try to keep it to themselves. On the calendar, they'll just be listed as private event or something. Then. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right now, I don't think there's anything out there to be honest. Um, okay. Until until we figure out what's going to happen, so the schedule's uh, wiped at the moment. Pretty much, yeah. uh, there there is. You know, state of Florida is in this. You know, I don't even know what phase we're in right now, but we're we're still Def, DefCon have, two. Yeah, we can't <laughs> have groups of more than twenty five still. Um, uh, but. You know, once once that happens and there's a level of confidence that it can happen, uh, they have a big gun show here uh, pretty much once a quarter. And I think stuff like that will start to populate that schedule and we'll start to get events back on. Um, look at the backlog of all the weddings that have not happened in three months. I mean, once we go back to Green Flag Race and we're going to have events everywhere. So uh, we're going to quickly go from uh no events to were full but that's the beauty of having several hangers and several different locations well, you, you on know, campus if you bring the cosmic muffin out of storage and put some decorative stuff and flowers you could probably host that as a wedding event and make up you know all the money from this past year and you know, i got married in the cosmic muffin i mean who who wouldn't want to have to say that about their marriage right yeah it's uh <laughs> you know i had a dream uh so Family Motor Coach Association for the last several years have had a big rally here. And every year they bring out uh, exhibitors and vendors. And they brought out last year a chassis for one of these mega buses. Uh, and I, I tried to convince them to leave it because I thought putting the Cosmic Muffin on that chassis would have been the ultimate. You know, the guy that drives around here with the 747 engine, like that would have been so cool to just put a bus chassis under it and drive that thing to Chick-fil-A or something. And, yeah. You know, yeah. cause the cool part about the muffin is in the Stratoliner side of the house is the cockpit was left original. So it's got all the cockpit there and, and everything else. And the, the guy who, who operated it as a boat still kept the yokes and stuff as part of the moving the rudders sure. on the boat. So, Makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. It was, it's uh, thankfully that was left intact. So well, it sounds like there's all the kinds of cool, cool stuff to uh, come take a look at. So I'll have to make sure I schedule in another half a day or a day just to go walk around and kick things over to see what's, what's hiding behind the other things there at Sun and Fun or at Lakeland. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the important thing is, is, is 51 weeks out of the year, we do educational programs for, you know, young adults. And like I said, kids, we're all kids, right? But um it's really, there is something going on in the summertime. There's always camps. There's always other things uh, happening around here. So when, when the sun and fun air show is not happening, we are not parked and, and everything's put away. Um, so this, this campus is always something going on. There's, there's always fun things to do. Uh, and we're trying to, you know, boost that schedule with even more aviation related content. Perfect. So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get uh, just for the sake of, getting folks together we talked about this earlier you know what would it take to get a couple food trucks out here and you know if, if you can't fly you still want to be around airplanes we'll drive on out we, we got the room to park yeah. so you know wh whatever that takes i want to let's get some good food and get some you know airplanes and whatnot together so yeah, it's, sounds good it's, it's a good time well, well we, could, we could talk and talk and talk and it, Aviation is an easy conversation. That's why I like. That's why I like doing this, right? So, absolutely. But I'll, I'll cut it off short here. I'll say short, but uh, we've gone about an hour. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in uh, wherever you are in your car, in your workshop, uh, in front of your computer, wherever you're at. Thanks for listening. 
and we will have more aviation content like this. Uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and announce it right now. I'm going to be starting a separate channel on YouTube specific to these video podcasts slash podcasts, and it is already available right now on the main host site is Podbean, podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, and somebody asked about doing Spotify, so I will look into that very soon too. Uh, but it, I haven't named it yet, but this will be rolling over to the video side of it if you want to watch it on a separate channel other than Experimental Aircraft Channel on YouTube, mainly just because it's a different type of uh, venue for this. Uh, it's a long form, and as video watchers and YouTube watchers, people usually click on 15 to 20 minute videos because we have a short attention span. So if you want to do something really long, long form, this will be moving to a new channel very soon, probably this week. In fact, this video will probably be on that new channel. So thanks for tuning in. Andy, thank you for your time. And I hope to have you on again sometime in the near future. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, we look forward to it. Thanks for your, uh, thanks for, for asking what we're up to. Thank you for tuning in and watching and listening today. Remember to like and subscribe and we'll catch you in the next interview.